face. That's relationship. And that's what we've been brought into. Because as he is, so are we now in this world. First John four seventeen. So that's who you are. So if you have a problem with that, just get over with it. Because that's who you are. As he is, so are you. Amen. Well, we've been talking about glory for what? Four weeks now? One more, at least. This time we're going to talk about the riches of his glory. What did I say? The riches. Colossians 1.26. Father, thank you for your glorious word. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Colossians 1.26. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How you like that? Passion says living with you is the Christ who floods you with an expectation of his glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest, hope filled with riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. And God wants everyone to what? Know it. Is that good? Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into full understanding of the truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with tireless intensity with a power flowing through me to present every believer, to present every believer the revelation of being perfect one in Christ Jesus. Perfectly one. Perfect in Christ. What does the word perfect means? Teleos. It is finished. What can you add to it's finished? What can you take away from it's finished? He did it all perfectly perfect when he created you. Now the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to you who you already are. That's why we're here. To learn who we are. Hallelujah. Okay. Now where were we? Everyone to know the hope. The hope of the glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. That word hope means to anticipate with pleasure. Confidence. Hope means to anticipate with pleasure and confidence of what he's doing. The hope of glory that Christ has for you. And the knowledge means the recognition of full discernment. Knowledge is a recognition (coughs) of the full discernment. Christ in you. The riches of glory you have in Christ. Riches. You know what that word means? Wealth. Money. Possessions. What do you say in Haggai? The silver is mine. The gold is mine, saith the Lord. And the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. The riches of his glory is more precious than that first temple that was made with gold and silver. The riches of his glory. The glory of this latter house will be greater than the former. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord. Haggai chapter 2. The glory. You say, I'm the latter house. 
The glory of this latter house is greater than the former. Look in the mirror sometime and say, the glory of this latter house is greater than the gold and the silver. Because it's his. Silver's his. The gold is his. The rich gift, blessing imparted by God. Haggai. Ephesians 1. Let me go to Ephesians 1. I'm getting to like this Passion Bible more and more all the time. If you want to be blessed, just open it up anywhere and read it. If it won't bless you, you need to get saved. And after you get saved, you'll get a revelation of what he's saying. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints which are Ephesus, and the faithful in Christ, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some spiritual blessings. What is all? Is all all? In heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, before God ever created anything, he chose you in Christ. Okay? That you should be holy without blame before him in love, having predetermined you or predestined you into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his, what? Grace. The glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable, beloved. That's what the word acceptable means. Highly favored in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the, what? Riches. Riches of glory, now we got the riches of grace. Can you even imagine what all that means? No. God has purposed that in Christ should dwell all the riches and fullness of the Godhead. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities and powers, in Jesus' name. Mm. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, the fullness of time, the fullness of what? Time. When Jesus said it's finished, it was finished. That he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him, in whom we have attained an inheritance, being predetermined, is the word, according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be into the praise of his glory, into the praise of his glory, who first trusted Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What sealed? You, you got the inheritance you got the down payment. You're sealed and you got the first fruit. What is that called? Another scripture it talks about. You got the escrow money. What is that? Guarantee. The guarantee. You got part of it up front. Now this is what's awesome. You got the Holy Spirit with partial inheritance then. And then Jesus says that when he, the Holy Spirit, has come... 
He's going to take to the rest of the inheritance that I have and reveal it to you. That's the process we're in now as him revealing to you the riches of the glory and the riches of his grace and also the riches of his mercy we'll see in a little bit probably when we get out a little further. That in the ages to come he might show the riches of his grace in kindness toward us. Verse 7. Colossians 2.2 2, That their hearts might be knit together in love into all the riches of full assurance of understanding into the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father of Christ, in whom are hid, hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You got the Holy Spirit, you have the potential that everything God has, you can have access to through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> That's what he wants you to have. Don't settle for just a little goosebump every once in a while. He wants you to have all the fullness of the Godhead. <clears throat> Romans 9, 23, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on vessels of mercy. He chooses to do that, to pour out the riches of his mercy on vessels that he has created of mercy, which he has before, beforehand prepared into glory. Prepared into, you've been prepared into glory before the foundation of the world. Now he wants to pour into you what he finished before he ever started. Wayne likes that verse in Isaiah 46, about verse 11. He says, I finished something before I ever started it. Did you know he finished all this before he ever started any of it? That's cool. That's cool. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, the Passion. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination flooding you with light <clears throat> until, the experience, until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, his invitation. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. See, God placed all this riches of his glory in you because the glory of this latter house is greater than the former house. And in this place, I will delight, saith the Lord. He has an inheritance that he has given you that's in you that's his inheritance in you. You talk about your inheritance in him. He has an inheritance that's his that's already been put in you that he's looking at. His inheritance in you. Union. It's awesome. <clears throat> the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Ephesians three sixteen through 19. And I pray that he would unveil within you the passion, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor, until supernatural strength floods your inner being with his divine might and explosive power. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge. The depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. See, the natural man can understand any of it. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Passion in 11.33 says, Oh, who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depths of his wisdom, and the marvels of his perfect knowledge? Philippians 4.19 in the Passion, 
I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundance of riches of the glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. He wants you to have all of that abundance of riches. It's already been paid for. When he said it's finished, what was left for him to do? Nothing. Nothing to be done. And we're going to see some of this in just a minute. Romans 6, 4. Let me, let me, let's see, let's go over to Romans. Starting 6, 1. You know, I think myself happy every time I go through this stuff. You know, it, it sounds too good to be true. That's why it's true. It is. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Did you hear that? Dead to sin. Live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus. Now I want you to stop right there. How many was baptized into Jesus? Catch that? That word into Jesus. We're baptized into his death. His death was your death. You were already dead. People talked about dying. You got to die. No, you were already dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Say, I was dead. But you entered into his death. His death. You come in union with his death so that in his resurrection, you could be raised to walk in the newness of life. That's what he did. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Oh, baptism into death. Well, wait a minute. 1 Corinthians 12, about 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now, Jesus said, we're baptized into Jesus. And Jesus said, He that believeth into me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You were baptized into Jesus in the rivers of living water that he spake concerning the Holy Spirit, that they that believe into him should receive. That's what being overwhelmed with the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is being overwhelmed with the Spirit. Water baptism's okay, but he says there's one baptism. Which one would you want to choose? Uh-oh, here we go. By one spirit are we all baptized into what? One body. Now, therefore, we were buried with him in baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. What did raise up Jesus? Being raised by the Holy Ghost, the glory of the Father, should walk in newness of life. Okay, so what happened? When Jesus was dead and he was raised up by the glory of the Father, and so when you died in him, you were raised up by the glory of the what? By the glory of the Father. It's that glory that raised you from the dead. Union, you were in him. That is astounding. So that we should walk in the newness of life. Newly made, never had before. Newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that this old man of ours was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. 
we died with him, we're also going to live with him. Death hath no more dominion over him. Amen? Isaiah chapter 42. Would you like to run through the little Isaiah? This is the gospel that the disciples got to preach. Isaiah chapter 40. Let me see. I'm, I'm going to stop here on the way over. How many of you like, I can't wait till the Passion gets the Bible. The Passion does Isaiah. It's in November, I think, what Kent said. We're going to get the Passion in Isaiah. Now, this is prophetic about Jesus. I'm going to start in verse. It's about, they're talking about another guy. Don't let that hinder you any. This is a prophetic. And I will clothe him, verse 20, chapter 22, verse 21. I will clothe him with a robe and strengthen him with the girdle. And I will commit thy government into his hands. And he shall be a father of the inhabitants of Jerusalem to the house of Judah. And the key as the house of David will I lay upon his shoulders. So no one, he shall open and no one shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. How do you like that? You say, well, okay. Put up Revelation 3, 7, Rod. Well, you there you can get there quicker than I can. And the angel to the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he is holy, he that's true, he that hath the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, he that shuts and no man opens. There you go. So who was he talking to in Isaiah 22? Yeah, I got goosebumps. If he shuts, it shuts. If he opens, it's open. And Isaiah 54 says, And those doors will be open continually, day and night, that you may bring all the wealth of the Gentiles into the kingdom. You got to keep them open day and night because they're going to be coming so much you can't close the doors because they're bringing in the wealth of the Gentiles into the kingdom. All right, we just stopped by there on the way to chapter 42. <clears throat> okay. Verse 5, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spared forth the earth which come out, and He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. He's talking about you. And he will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people, this is Christ, for a light to the Gentiles, to do what? To open blind eyes, to bring out of prison those that are in prison, the them that sit in darkness out of prison houses. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven image. Okay, say, I am not another. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm his body. He will give his glory to me. According to Hebrews chapter 2 and the glory he's given me, he's got bringing many sons and daughters into that glory. And the glory, John 17, that you've given to me, I have given them that they may be one as we are one. That the world may know that you sent me. The glory. You have the glory. You're children of glory. He's the father of glory. What does that make you? Sons and daughters of glory. We don't have time to read all those verses, but he is the father of glory. Because who is Jesus? Is glory. Jesus created the relationship so we could have the relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Woo! If you don't want to shout, well, just sit there. 
I got my mule up here. Okay. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Behold, new things do I declare. New things. Do you know what? Oh, help me, Jesus. I'll get there in a minute. Sing to the Lord. What kind of song? A new song. That's why it's so important, Justin, that we, you know, in Revelation, it says they sang a new song. And the only ones that could sing it to the redeemed. That's why our songs should be redemption songs, not wanting something to distance and delay. Our songs should be telling us who we are. Let the redeemed of the Lord what? Therefore, therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall come to Zion with singing and, and joy will be in their, what is it? Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing and design. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sadness and sorrow will flee away. No more sadness and sorrow. That's the new song. Okay, what did I get to? Man, I just get lost. New things do I declare before they spring forth, I'm going to tell you. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that's there in the isles, and have to let, the, let the redeemed of the Lord sing. It says, verse 11, let the inhabitants of the rocks sing. Say, that's me. You know, Jesus said, if you don't cry out, the rocks will. Do you want your rocks crying out for you? I'm going to do my own crying out. The inhabitants of the rock. Who? Jesus is the rock. He's the cornerstone. Amen? All right. Isaiah 62. Well, you're in trouble. I can't see the clock. Say, go on, Pastor, because you're not going to be here preaching for another month. Come on now. Isaiah 61, verse 1, 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and salvation as a lamp that burns. And the Gentiles will see your righteousness and kings will see your glory. Woo! And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah 40 says that kings, they, the Gentiles, all flesh will see your glory. And thou shalt be called by a, what kind of name? A new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And you will be a crown of glory, come on now, in the hand of your God, a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. You will no more be termed forsaken, neither shall their land be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hesba, what is it? Hesba. Which means my delight is in her. Ooh, come on. And Beulah, land Beulah, which means married. For the Lord delights in you, and his land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your, that word is son, the son, not sons, marry thee. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Come on now, don't shout me down. So shall you, God, rejoice over you. For a small moment have I forsaken you, but great mercies will I gather you in, Isaiah 54. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which never hold their peace day and night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Ooh, come on now. Look at here. 
Say to the daughters, about verse 11, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say to the daughters of Zion, Behold, salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called sought after, a city not forsaken. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. You know, Isaiah says, arise and shine, verse 60, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You know, it's talking about Jerusalem. You say, oh, well, that's talking about, yeah, that's right. But how many of you know that Jerusalem, we know, is not going to be here one of these days? Isaiah 21, about verse 1 and 2. So when you see Jerusalem, don't get all caught up in what's going on over there. Because at the end, let me read it to you. Spiritual Jerusalem. Isaiah 21. Here we go. <clears throat> Verse 1. And I saw a new heaven. Say new. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned from her husband. New heaven. New Jerusalem. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord. And he shall dwell with them, in them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he shall be their God. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there will be no more death, neither sorrow or crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne says, Behold, I do what? No. The Greek says, New. Behold, new. I make all things. He's not making old things new. New. He's making everything. A new heaven. New earth. New everything. Not making over anything. That's very important. He's not changing nothing into new. It's all brand new. Woo! We got a creator we're dealing with. Ah. Isaiah 43, 7 says that we are created for his glory. Why did he create us? For his glory. And for thy sake, they are created. Amen? The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and the kings your glory. And you will be a crown of glory. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22 said, and I'm just going to read part of it. Passion, we were not Jews. We had no Jewish covenant and law. You know, I think it's about time all of us Gentiles realized that we were not Jews and we were not under the covenant and we had no part of it. Give me an amen. amen. So don't let anybody try to put you back under something you were never created for. I just thought I'd throw that in one message. I mean, that passion really covered it good. Zechariah chapter 2. Oh, I guess, I guess I ought to turn to Zechariah. It's good stuff, isn't it? Zechariah chapter 2. Verse 5. For I, for I saith, the Lord will be unto her as a fire around you and a wall of glory in the midst of you. He's talking about the new Jerusalem now. And he says, Ho, ho, come forth, flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. I have spread your broad from the four winds of heaven. 
Deliver yourself, O Zion, that you may be from the daughters of Zion. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations, which spoiled you, for they that touch you touch the apple of my eye. And I will shake my hand upon them. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken, so that which cannot be shaken will remain, and we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And God said in Haggai, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. And that's when the glory of this latter house is established. He's going to shake everything until it isn't no more. And he says, and many nations will be joined to the Lord. Say union. In that day. Say that day. That day's already done. And be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of them, and they will know that I am the Lord have sent unto you, that I hath sent them. And the, Lord, and the Lord shall inherit Judah's his portion in the Holy Land and choose Jerusalem again. There you go. Now, what Jerusalem are we talking about? The new Jerusalem. Behold, be silent, O flesh, before the Lord. He has raised up out of his holy habitation. Now look with me in chapter 3. It said, verse 1, He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing in his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, Rebuke thee, O Satan, even the, the Lord that hath chose Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this the branch plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments and stood before the angel. And the angel that spake to him stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him, behold, I have caused the iniquity to pass from you, and I have clothed you with an exchange of raiments. Come on, don't shout me down. <clears throat> then he says, to, him, to set a, fire, a fair matter upon his head and all that stuff. And you know all about that. Okay. Now verse 8. I'm just skipping some. I really can see the clock. Hear now, Joshua the high priest, and thy fellows that sat before you. For they are men wondering at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. That's him. Woo, take away the filthy garments, and I'm going to clothe you with a change of raiment. Jesus said, there's a few in Sardis that have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. You know how you spoil your garments? By going back under legalism. Because your works of righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. For behold, the stone that I've laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will grave and the gravings thereof, saith the Lord. And I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. One day. That one day's over. You look at the crucifixion. You look at the resurrection. You look at the day of Pentecost. That's one day. Three events, one day. All that took place and he took away all that in one day. When he said it's finished, it was finished. <clears throat> in one day. Wow. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Now, how's this going to happen? Next chapter, verse 4. Then he said, speaking to me and saying, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Woo. And who art thou, O great mountain, who stands before Zerubbabel? You will become as a plain, and he will bring forth the headstone woo, with shouting, crying, Grace, grace, how's it going to be done? Let us have grace wherewith we may be able to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. 
He says, the hands of Zerubbabel had laid the foundation of the house, and his hands will finish it. Jesus laid it, and Jesus finished it. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I mean, if you don't get you excited, I don't know what will. All right, on we go. Okay. I think I covered it all, didn't I? Chapter 6, yeah, I did. I'm nearly through. You know what? I am through. When you're through, you're through. No, I'm really not. See, I got three more. Oh, no, I won't do that. I want to stop on it is finished. He is the author and the finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, in the right hand of the Father, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. And you are seated with him. <clears throat> you know, this week in pastor's meet, I didn't say nothing to the, I don't think I said anything in pastor's meet. But you know what I saw? We were buried with him. We were raised with him. Now we're seating together with him. You know, when Jesus was dying, he lifted up his head and he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Okay? But the Bible says that will not leave my soul in hell. Suffer the Holy One to see corruption. So Jesus' spirit was in heaven. His soul was in hell. Now, we're spirit, soul, and body. And we've been redeemed, spirit, soul, and body. So our spirit is seated with the Father and the Son now. And Colossians 3, one day when he comes, we'll come back with him and get the rest of ourselves. Now, so you think, that's so wild. What's wild about it? We are living in eternity, no time, no space. How far is eternity? How far is one from the other? It's not. It's right there. You're seated together already with him in your spirit. Your soul, you have a new mind, will, and your emotion that you're down here. The Father and Son's up there. You're with him up there. The Holy Spirit is here in you now, in your soul, living within you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So why is that such a stretch? Is that a stretch? No. Eternal life is what we entered into. And that's soul life. Suke Zoza. Yes, sir. Romans 6, you want the whole book? What part of it you want? Okay. <clears throat> so what we do then? Do we persist in sin so God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once for all. As dead men passes away from this life, so how could we ever live under sin's real moment longer? Or have you forgotten all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus? Into what? Amen. The anointed one were immersed into union with his death. Did you catch with his death? Okay. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we shall also raise with him. Same glory. 
We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of the new life. For since we were permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we were permanently grafted into him to experience resurrection like his, a new life that it imparts. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now forever deprived of its power so we were crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we could not continue to live one moment longer submitting to sin's power. That is awesome. The only thing, the problem is believing it. Believing it is the only issue. Let's stand. Well, y'all pray for us while we're sitting in the mountains catching fish and it's raining and cooking food. And, and oh, Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Ooh, wake up in the morning about 39 degrees. Ooh, come on now. You'll be with me up there. You'll be with us in spirit. Well, the Lord has blessed you and he's keeping you and he's got a lot more for you. And he's causing his grace and his glory to fall upon you and say, I'm filled. Say, I'm filled with the riches of his glory. I'm filled with the riches of his grace. And I'm filled with the riches of his mercy. And I'm full of his knowledge of wisdom and understanding. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing us all through Christ in Jesus' name. Amen.